Warning, it is the opinion of the Forestry Productions LLC and the Working Perspectives podcast that we should inform you that some of the language used in this recording could possibly be considered offensive. You have been warned, so if you decide to listen to the recording, then don't complain about the language. Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson, the bad boy Burn Podcasty, and our guest today is the one and the only Oliver Asiron. You can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can have us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives at gmail.com and please like and subscribe so we can keep this party going. Benoit Pahoud Kasey, how are we feeling, my man? Feeling great, man. Happy to be here. Happy to have you. Very nice. Jalen Durr, how are we doing, brother? Feel very good. Good. Well, speaking of feeling good, this Happy is the work. For, speaking of being back, this is the work for Texas podcast. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Let me tell you, let me tell you, let me tell you a little something about our guest here today. All right. He's a man about town, a real jack of all trades. He has worked in healthcare. He has made films. He has owned comic book stores. Um, he's a father. He's a lover. And man, he gets skinnier every single time I look at him. Oliver Siren, looking good, my man. Very nice. Oliver, thank you so much for being on. Honestly, Burns told me a lot about you. And when we did the pre-show, I was like, holy shit, this guy's got a great story. So I'm super excited to get into it. So I really want to dive in. But before we get started, Oliver, I want to say thanks for coming on. I'd just like to ask, what movie do you think is better? The Godfather Part 1 or The Godfather Part 2? Uh, Godfather Part 2. <laughs> Eat it, J-Dub. Eat it. Eat it. Just you ever someone who likes Godfather 1 over God? That's, it's like liking Empire over A New Hope. You know, I guess there are people out there who do. I just am usually surprised when I hear that. It's crazy. It's not a fair comparison at all. What? You're saying, you're saying like, like Empire is better than A New Hope. Is that what uh, you're correct. saying? Correct. It would be liking, like liking Alien over Aliens, yeah. right? Like Aliens is obviously the superior of the two. Aliens, great great movie gotta watch it but yeah I mean, it's like it's like my what liking mighty ducks over mighty ducks part two you know and come impossible. on d2 the mighty ducks come on that and Cloudy kid too that's the those are the 
great sequels. Wow, Karate Kid Two with the thing. Yeah, the thing. So very nice. We got a couple more questions, Oliver. Uh, Cheetos, crunchy or puff? Uh, crunchy. Love it. God, you're batting a thousand. Now <laughs> this is the big money round. Here it is. Okay, Oliver. Man, wings. Are you drumsticks or thighs? Drumsticks. <laughs> I'm just gonna go. Did we you don't just need fall me here. in love? Did we just fall in love? Hundred percent. You batted a fucking thousand on that one. Wow, three for Six, three. Sixty-six. Let, let me let me just comment on all three of those. Which is first, obviously, crunchier, better. They just have that good snap to do it. God damn, you're like, right. Plus, you get ones that are like real razor thin, but you also get that like treasure one that looks like a baseball bat that you get where you pull that guy out and you're like, and when you were a kid, you might even pretend it's like Bam Bam's club or something. Yes. Yes. And then, uh, you know, uh, I already forgot. Uh, your third question. Oh, wings are <laughs> you know, wings, wings. Yes. How can t- drumsticks are by far the superior? You can dip it and then one pull meets off. Done. Scooby Doo style. Put it in, Done. pull it out, no meat. That's Done. Fine. Yeah. Same. Same. Wow. Wow. All right. I, I knew I liked you. I knew I already. Yeah. I knew I liked you, but now I love you. That was incredible. Thanks. Wow. I think he's the first person to get all three correct. I believe he is. Yeah, and you just admitted that all three were correct, Justin. So what the fuck are you even arguing? Not about? correct, but you, you understand. He's the first person to say all three on one side of the line. Yeah, Tim obviously likes Godfather. No one says Puff. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mongoloids like Godfather boy. too. Burn, which one? Did, did, Cheetos. You you aren't a Puff guy, right? You're I'm the no, only. I'm, I'm, I'm a flats guy. I'm a flats guy over drugs okay. guy when it comes to yeah. chicken wings. I'm a flats yeah. guy. Burn or, or Justin is the J W and I are both flats guys. Can I ask why? Just out of curiosity, the flats is a much more sophisticated piece of the chicken. Much more. Barbarians eat the drumstick. The flat separates <laughs> and gets dipped and goes whoop, and then oh, we have a clean God. blown. I flick away. It's and like I dip the other one. I go whoop. Uh, flick it away. If you're getting soggy. shitty flats. Then yes, but I don't. I'm not eating soggy flats. They're all. I mean, dude, it's all cartilage. The skin is all soggy. No matter. The drumstick what. has so much fucking cartilage. It no, has you, a not. A you have two cartilages on the end, and sometimes so the drumstick. Not- you have that fucking. You have that knob that's always super yeah, but hard. You have that like weird cartilage in between the meat. meat. That's when sometimes the it. best of all the meat on the drumstick is when you get that little, the little oh, hard gimmick on top. Oh, it's the best. That, that's the number one part. Like, if yeah. you find that, you're happy. You're like, oh, I got a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, when you guys want to grow up and eat wings like that, let me know. Uh, third question, or another question. I thought of this the other day, right? So, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't know, right? But you know how sometimes it'll say like scam on it? You don't answer that, but sometimes it's just a number you don't know. Who knows if it's a scam or not, right? So I was thinking, I was like, if I were to answer this, who would I want it to be? You know what I mean? Right? So like, if you were getting a phone call, like in my mind, I thought this because, so, I mean, everybody knows I message Jocko Willenick every morning at 3.30, letting him know that I wake up an hour earlier than him, you know? So I would be like, brother. yeah, well, dude, it must be discipline. Yeah, man. Well, you know, one of those things. But either way, I love that guy. I'm quoting all his stuff. The, the, have you heard his songs? Oh, Jocko Willenick? Yeah. Have you heard uh, Cure the Don? He remixes his podcast. You've never heard this, have you? Cure the Don? No. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna open your mind right now, dude. So if you like Jocko, you probably like Joe Rogan also. And uh, Akira the Don takes those podcasts and remixes them 
with techno beats over it and make songs out of Jocko's podcast. It's unbelievable. So if you really want to get all of that stuff I'm quoting to you right there, it's like all of what Akira has broken down is like his main messages. Um, there must be discipline is called a song. Um, discipline equals freedom. It, his his album, the Jocko album is my favorite one. Yeah. I've, I've listened to it a million times. So if yeah. you like it, check yeah. it out. I will check it out. I'll have a link in the description. Nice. But either way, so my thought was I message him every day. And if I got a call from a number I didn't know, it's somehow he got my number and he's calling me to tell me how great I am. Right. So if you were to get a phone call like that and answer a random phone, who would you want it to be the most? That's a pretty easy question, actually. There's one guy I would love to call me and uh, that would be Howard Stern. Wow. Hell yeah. Great answer. Dude, I listened to the Ben Affleck interview he did. It was like, great interview. Great. Dude, Affleck's an awesome dude. He's a fucking boss. But that interview was so fantastic. Uh, He got, he really broke it down, especially his divorce and like how that emotionally hit him. It was really well done. Dude, and you, I had no idea how much like getting the snub for Argo. Like, he was so fucking bent out of shape about that. I was like, this is fucking great. I mean... He should have been. Yeah, he he should. Right to be. They won Best Picture. They won Best Picture, Best Screenplay, uh, Best... Like, another one. So, he's like... Best Director, right? Or something. So, he's like, everything... No, he didn't know because he directed it. He wasn't nominated. They won won three. They won, like, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and Best Something Else. Photography, I think. I think you're right. And he's like, so the only thing missing was the director and, and the lead. So what's the fucking message there? He's like, I didn't even, he didn't even get nominated, you know? So yeah, yeah. no, he was, he was, he, fucked up. <laughs> he was the bomb in phantoms. Oh, <laughs> the bomb in phantoms. He's fucking right, dude. But yeah, no, he was talking about like all that shit, dude. And like, uh, you know, he goes into depth about <laughs> sure. hunting and all that. So good. Have you, uh, have you listened to Stern for years? Yeah. So, um, quick story about that, where I grew up in New York, uh, in Pelham, it's right. Like Westchester Bronx touch each other right there. Right. And I, uh, the kid who went to my school's name was Tim Chiasano. And if you're a Howard Stern, instantly you should know his dad who's Tom, (laughs) Tom Chiasano and Penelope, his wife were like the very cool parents in the area. So they had just hired Howard. We would listen to him on our walk home from school on, um, on uh, WNBC and then he got fired and uh, he went to K-Rock and Tom came there. He had, Tim moved halfway through third grade into town for Howard Stern in this job. And he's like, we just hired Howard Stern. So I got to meet him as a little, little kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow. I've been listening to Howard since I was eight. Dude, I was, yeah, dude, that is so right. I would love a conversation with him. And also, as far as interviewers go, he is incredible. Like when you listen to it, incredible. Go ahead, Justin. Who's your, uh, who's your favorite whack packer? Uh, this is going to be controversial. Uh, Bobo. I love Bobo. <laughs> Steve from Florida? I love Steve from Florida. Um, Dog, if I got the chance, I would beat the shit. Sour, Sour, my favorite whack packers. Sour's my, yeah. Sour's fucking unbelievable. Sour, I want you to go to jail for this. 
I, uh, I have a Richard and Sal signed photograph. And um, I saw Wolfie at Comic Con once, and I, I didn't even see him. I heard him, and I was like, "That's fucking Wolfie!" And I got a picture with him. It was very cool. Uh, I, I don't know if he's considered a wagpacker, but Ed Torian is hands down my favorite man who's ever been on that fucking show. And if you're you gonna know, tell the truth, <laughs> yo, when Ed Tor- when they would make him sing songs, yo. It's yeah, like, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I could. I am a, a big Howard. I listen every week. Same I could. Um, I don't anymore. I could. Oh, I was. I even like he's off the air right now, and I listen to his like specials while he's off the air. I said it's just. It's been part of my life for so long. I almost. It's just habit now. I just let yeah. my like wake up. I'm like, oh, man, let me see what that, if there's some Howard left to listen to. Like even as a kid, I'd downloaded the second that like LimeWire and shit like that yeah. came out i started downloading the shows Do you remember like, watching get... it on e oh fuck yeah fuck yeah that. dude dude that was like when you were a teenager you're like holy shit playboy titties ah! you know like oh my god the best. come home from a party on friday night or saturday night you and your buddies are in your basement drinking a beer like yeah it's like Many one times. in the morning yeah yeah, yeah yeah dude i i listened to he did a stallone interview this is probably like oh six because yeah. stallone honestly he might be a guy on the phone, you know, for me. He's like the fucking the everything. So, dude, if Stallone's interview was great, but yeah, man, I don't know. Dude, every he I think is I remember so that good. One. It was, it was for, um, promoting the Rocky Balboa. Yeah, he was promoting oh, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I remember that. Um, yeah, he nice. said Frank on all the time. Oh, Frank's the man, dude. Dude, Frank, dude, Survivor. Survivor was m- massive. They had like three or two or three number one hits. You know, Eye of the Tiger and No Easy Way oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, That's yeah. all Frank, baby. You know, and if you uh, if you in the first one, the guy's singing around the trash can. He's like, take it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's Frank Stallone. No, you shit. guessed it. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Burn. Who is uh, all Rocky fans here? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's course. amazing. There, there are some people though who really do not like it. I'm like, how can you not like Rocky? Yeah, well, they're fucking chooch bags, whoever they are. <laughs> I agree with that. What, uh, Burn? Who's who do you want calling you? Um, uh, I would like a phone call from Julie Newmar in 1966, saying, "I need you to get over here right now." Two on That's two. What I want. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's what I would want. Yeah, the the one of one of the original Adam West Catlin. I was about to um, ask you, but, what, what do you run over there dressed as? <laughs> But um, I'm over, going I, over his outfit. Oh, I go in there do my my best my best Burgess Meredith. Yeah, you know, I go there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh stay yeah. Rocky. Go, shout out. But but yeah, Julie 1960s Julie Newmar awoken something in me that's never it's never gone away. All wow. these all these years later. So I'd want to call from the. I want to. I would want a booty call from Catwoman from the past. I'm not going to church it. it up. That's what I'd want. Love it. Love I it. like that too. Jada, who's called? Who you? Who you I want? have thought of so many better answers while I've been sitting here, but my the first thought that popped in my head when you asked the question, and I'm not even sure why, but Bob Barker, yo, I'd like to hear from Bob. <laughs> Barker, I want to know that he's doing good. I want him to tell me that he's proud of me for all those days I didn't go to school and we spent time together, and I just <laughs> want to make sure he's doing all right. I don't know where Bob is. Bob I don't Barker. know what Bob's up to, but I would feel better knowing Bob's all right. I would love to talk. It to would Bob be wild because. Yeah, you'd and you know the voice, voice right immediately. You'd be like, right away. Hello? And you'd be like, hey, Justin. I'd be like, this is fucking Bob Barker. And you'd be like, yeah, I just want to say thanks. I'd be like, you f- I spayed and neutered all my animals, yo. I ain't fuck up slip up once, yo. <laughs> like, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I love the Bob Barker. It's perfect. 
I don't Ooh. know why, but that was the first fucking name. That, and I would change my answer to Stern after I heard your answer. But like I, Bob Barker popped in my head first for some reason. It's like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Do you think he lost yeah. his timber? Oh, of course he did. I seen him in a, they made a documentary and he, I was like, oh God, that's what he looks like. I saw that doc. What was that? It was about a guy who like knew all the fucking prices, like off the top oh, of his right, head. Right. And he went yeah, to like yeah, 30 yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. It was good. I felt so bad when he showed up on there. I was like, oh, fuck. Bob I was like, oh. like, I was like Bob's a hundred. Yeah. I was like, Bob looks like he's in pain. <laughs> like, if, if, you know, I had the opportunity to live forever, uh, as long as I didn't get older, I would gladly take that opportunity. But the host of Versus Right. But just to live for the rest of the, but yes, also that. But uh, to see someone get old like that, like, I, I'm, I want to be like, I don't want that. I'm good. I don't, I, I don't know what the exact number is going to be, but like, you know, that kind of old where people just always look surprised. Like, I don't uh. ever want to get old enough where I'm always surprised, even Ooh. if I'm not surprised. Like, whatever that age is, I'm good after I always went shocked yeah. about whatever yeah. just happened. I would, I would hate to to be the guy that always has to, like, when they talk, like, well, and make like the noise with their mouth. I don't, I don't, that's want your that. thing. I don't want, yeah. That. I don't like that. Not cool. Maddie, you'll, 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 you'll pull the trigger before you start making mouth noises. I know that about you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So kind of got off the rails there, but I love it. So let's get back to it. So, oh, also, I guess I'll have to cut this, but have you guys thought about who you want to do for your impersonation episode? No. Oh, did you not get not that yet. text? Bro? I got the text. I oh, just, okay. I'm like, what, what impersonations can I do? I have a pretty good Shannon Sharp, but I'm pretty sure that's not culturally appropriate. You could do that. So, uh, you Shannon Sharp. I'm gonna do. I can do Bernie Mac. <laughs> right. You, you All were, right. you were. I mean, just, I used to do them on. Bob I had a couple or... I did on stage. I had. Uh, I used to do Coke Dealer, Bernie Mac, Puke and Rally, Nixon, and yeah. What uh, was Puke and Rally, Nixon? It's literally one line. I go. It's if it's if Nixon threw up and he comes out of the bathroom, he goes, Nixon's back. It's the same joke with the Brian Johnson at the DMV. Uh, it's the same thing. You just scream in a British accent like you don't know where to go in line. And then uh, an Australian <laughs> accent. But the Coke deal of Bernie Mac goes on for a while. It's like, you know, you got $20, $15 with $20 man Coke. You can't get a $50 bag Coke between us. racist. I mean, who knows? You know, come on. Might not be. I mean, either way. I mean, if Bernie, you know, I don't know. The way I want to, I mean, well, you know, that'll happen when that'll happen. Who Do you have an impersonation you can do, Oliver? No. Uh, I was trying to think if there was someone I was, I could get. Uh, no. You do a bad editorial, you know? Yeah, I can do an editorial. <laughs> um, Get a lane, get a damn with that, shake it up, shake it up. That's about it. I'm not, I can do my dad, you know. Can't everybody do one of their parents in life? Like, I always do my mom. Be like, Matthew, I'm your mother. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your mother. Everybody has one. Yeah. I was thinking of doing a, a Jimmy Stewart or a Tony Clifton. Well, sure. Well, you've had Tony Clifton in the, in the, in the, oh. in the bag for 15 years. Name that the man's respect. I love Tony Clifton. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> Big fan of the question. That's pretty good. I like that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I used to do that to burn all the time at work. I just walked off to him and be like, Tony Clifton, name at the man's respect. I'm all right. Yeah, that was my Clifton. I do a shitty John Frischenda. <laughs> Who is John Frischenda? From NFL Films. Oh, oh, I could do good Harry the Callus. Harry Bradshaw. Who, hold on, do yours. Harry Bradshaw worked through the Dallas secondary like a surgeon. His first incision? An out route to Lynn Swan. 
<laughs> this is the best one ever. Ready? Uh, this is from Artie. I got all this from Artie too. Shout out Artie Lang. Artie Lang. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they said the Titanic was unsinkable. They said Randall Cunningham was unsackable. The Titanic hit an iceberg in the Mid-Atlantic Ocean. Randall Cunningham hit a linebacker from Newark, New Jersey. It's about Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> so Dude, I, I, I used to, or God. Oh, I loved when in the movie Beer League, already let me and Bernie see this all the time too. Now number batting, one. number one, needle dick, number needle one. Dick. <laughs> needle dick. I could do a good long fly ball, deep right center, failed home run, Jimmy Rollins. That was a pretty good. See, I mean, my, my, my Shannon Sharp impression is not that great. It's, 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 it's going like, yeah, it's basically going like, well, yep, now, okay, now, yep, now, hold on now, yep, now, wait, let me, let me tell you now, yep, okay, now, now, hold on now, yep, okay, about LeBron and skip, okay, now, now, skip, skip, skip. That's pretty dude, much it. It's the whole rest. Love it. Skip a bunch you of are times. fucking doing that. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember the old, I'm not going to have uh, much to say. Remember the old buzzard to. from the Looney Tunes cartoons? It was like a buzzard yes. that would hunt Bugs Bunny and go, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's nice. what that reminds me of. I like it. I mean, all of them can come up to the impersonation episode because I'm just going to do Oops. it. Uh, all right, fuck it. Let's get back into this. So, okay. Oliver here. He was born in Framingham, Massachusetts. Lived there till he was seven. And like he said, he did some of his formative years in the Bronx in Pelham, New York. In New York. Pelham 123. John Travolta. Shout out. Uh, so, the show. Listener to the show. This is yeah. Josh Schultz is not in that movie. He was in the remake. Pelham One Two Three. Uh, I never seen the remake. I only seen the original with Walter Matthau. Oh, Walter Matthau, fan of the show. Oh, Walter Matthau, fucking fan of the show. Listener of the show. Love Walter Matthau. God is the fucking best, dude. The best. Yeah, fucking Boilermaker. Anyone better? Okay. So either way. I want to talk about this. So, you know, I've we've all lived in a city for a little bit in Philadelphia, but New York, it's a different level, right? The borough of Brooklyn is four times the size of the city of Philadelphia. So the Bronx itself, I believe, is bigger than the city of Philadelphia. The Bronx is massive, right? So what was it like being like a kid in on the streets growing up? Like, because you were there from seven to 14. So that's yep. a lot of like playing outside, playing outdoors, sports and and activities and like with your crew of friends like what the hell was that like also you worked at a a movie store when you were nine years old i did well yeah so there's a obviously story behind all this so pelham's like right in westchester but it's like i said bronx westchester attached right there so uh, we would where i lived was all italian and jewish like yeah. Uh, there was awesome. uh yeah and there was um like the one oh, of the kids in my class was the head of he, he was the second in command his dad was the second in command to the Lucchesi crime family Ooh. Uh, like he had the best birthday parties there was like an actual roller coaster they bring a jumping castle ferris wheel like he had a whole uh fairground set up um Damn. But, yeah oh, it was awesome but living in new york at that time was a lot of fun dude we were on the streets all the time uh you know we would go down fourth of july get fireworks have firework fights out in our front you know on the street in front of our houses our yeah watch yeah um, yeah it was awesome i loved it dude that is great what was one of your favorite activities do you think besides the fireworks fight did you guys have like because i know for us right it was like we had our crew. So like, hey, are we playing one day we're playing football? Everybody's playing football. Or one day we're playing baseball or wiffle ball. And one some days we would box. And some days it's, yeah. you know, we never did soccer, you know, but some days it's manhunt, some days it's capture the flag. 
you know, all that kind of bullshit. Like some days we're, you know, it's WWE in the front yard, whatever. But we're always like, it's a crew coming up with stuff. Like what kind of shit are you guys getting into? Is it kind of similar to that or you have like a, you know, a twist? Uh, no, man, we did all that. Kick the can was a big one. Loved okay. that. Shout out, fan of the show. Uh, we would play a ton of football come um, uh, the fall and baseball. New York's a baseball town, dude. Like, yeah. Philly is a back football, then. Yeah. but New York is a bit in 1986 Mets in the World Series. I was a Red Sox fan in New York. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, man, dude, that, that you I, you do forget that New York is 100% a baseball. Like, don't get me wrong, they got a good football. Like, they do football there, but yeah, baseball is number one. You're right. That's crazy because down here, down here, football is. I mean, don't get me wrong. Phillies are big. Flyers have a big following, but football is king. And there's no, there's no question. When you come to Philadelphia, like when we moved here, the first thing I noticed was like people bled green. Like that was it. Eagles were the thing. Um, And I was such a big baseball fan. And I was like, took a right turn going football. And uh, yeah, it it was, it's total different vibe than that. Like when I was a kid in New York, we used to take the subway on Saturdays and go see double headers. Like, or you go down to Yankee stadium or Shea stadium, just watch the game all day. Like it was so much fun. Yeah. You're right there. How close were you to the, I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was only a subway ride, you know, away. And even as like a kid, your parents are like, all right, here you go. Here's your Metro card. Just jump on the subway, wherever the fuck you want. The 80s were a different time, dude. It was okay to let your kid just be out. Yeah. Like there was whole, you know, there was an entire summer where I tried to not wear shoes. And because I had seen like a documentary where, you know, African dudes feet were as tough as shoes. So I was like, I want that yeah and uh i decided i wasn't gonna wear shoes all summer i was in fourth grade and i would like sneak out of my parents house in the morning with shoes on put them in the garage and then go the whole day with no shoes um and my parents never caught on because i was out of the house all fu- until you know eventually one of the italian you know it's jewish and italian mothers what do you think eventually yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them was like do you know what your son's doing <laughs> i came home and my mom's like are you now wearing shoes she's like you gotta wear fucking shoes and like, african strong feet like everyone's gonna think you're homeless you want to yeah. be a homeless boy you wear list- your shoes oliver the yeah. list of things i thought i had to tell this kid Putting shoes on was not one of them. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> my mother would be not. I don't think my mom would be that. She'd be like, "She's can you wear fucking shoes? What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Burn. What were you gonna say? Telling your. Uh, I was just gonna make a joke about tetanus. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, one, yeah, no one noticed it, of course, until my pinky fell off, and then. Uh, then everyone caught on. Yeah, dude, I remember. But I didn't I, say it because it wasn't that good. So thanks for bringing it up, Matt. You got it, pal. <laughs> I remember uh, one time I was like seeing this girl, and we like if, if we were at her apartment, but if you went out the door, it locked, and if you didn't have the key, like you were fucked. So it locked. So I had to like hop this fence to go around back and like climb up. So I hopped the fence and I landed and legit landed like on a nail and the nail went through my shoe into my foot. And I was like, you know what I mean? And I thought I had tetanus, but turns out I was okay. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. I have a, I have one brother who has dirty, dirty Irish hobbit feet. And I have another brother who to nothing else in his life despises feet and despises on top of feet dirty feet and these two kids would sometimes be on the same bed playing super nintendo together 
<laughs> and Whoa. the one kid would have, I mean, I swear to God, he was just, he was like you. He like didn't want to wear fucking shoes. I don't know why. Is that Bradley? Yeah. He, yeah. Had, he has big red hobbit feet Ugh. and they're, they're dirty right now. I don't know where he is, but they're dirty. Yeah. And my other brother, Spud, does, hates feet and on top of it, hates dirty feet. And the the friction that you could cause, I'd be like, touch bullets your feet, yo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I spent so much joy in life with a man who didn't want to wear shoes. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Does okay. really like shoes? Yeah. I mean, it's free. I mean, grounding is a big thing now where people believe that you should walk around on the ground with bare feet to feel the earth through the bottom of your feet. Uh, Asian people have a big thing about absorbing toxins out of the bottom of the feet. I try to wear flip-flops pretty much as much as possible. I hate shoes. Even yeah. to this day, it sticks. I'm, I'm rarely without socks. Just, I'm always, yeah, no, feet. I'm, a, I'm with Spud. Fuck feet. I'm not a feet guy. <laughs> yeah. The the it's pandemic kind of ended my sock. Like, I just stopped wearing socks during the pandemic. And now, like, it just, I was like, I, why why have I been doing this? Well, I don't need these. Like, even in the winter, I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> Um, it just ended. It just ended. I just stopped wearing. That's pretty much all that happened over the pandemic. Nothing just bad. Just, just, just gained 12 pounds and stopped wearing socks. That was about it. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that. I hate socks. I, uh, <laughs> I'm 100% with that. Um, ah. If I could go through life, it's just too cold in Philly, dude. That's the only problem. Yeah. Probably I could take Orlando weather and move it to Philly. I think that all the yeah, how about like so, 30 years. Yeah. Oh, yes, dude. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's a coming. It's coming soon. It'll be it coastal sooner or later. Yeah, we're gonna do. We're gonna be a, a beach town before you know it. So, uh, Oliver, what I, I mentioned that you worked at the movie store. I did. So what? What you were nine, and also shout out video stores, man. I fucking miss them, dude. I loved going to the movie store. Loved it. Bro. it was the best. The best. best, the fucking best. They had the huge build, like the huge cardboard cutouts. I remember there was one of the Sandlot. Love that, dude. Like they just, they were so awesome. You could go out. Sometimes your dad would be like, okay, you get to pick the movie tonight. All right, what we going with? Oh, okay, Hocus Pocus, you fucking, fucking Strunza. I didn't know my kid was a queer. All right, here we go. Batman. <laughs> no, but, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go check out the movies back there real quick. But, Every time you yeah. go to the video store, my dad would end up in the porno section. Dad's going to this movie. <laughs> yeah, That's dad's going to go in the adult section. Go over there. Check out the cartoons, all right? Yeah. It's, uh, but he would every time. He liked it back there. So, yeah, I worked at a video store uh, as a kid. Um, lots of fun. Look, my, I was a latchkey kid. This the 80s. Um, so the best. In, uh, I would come home and I was fucking scared. My sister was at... Um, she's three years younger than me. So she was still in preschool and I was a little kid in a house in New York by myself. It was scary. So I would ride my bike to the um, video store or my skateboard. And I would just sit there and watch the movie that played on the TV um, until my parents came home. And finally the guy was like, if you're going to come here every day. I'm going to put you to work. And he talked to my parents and I would hang out there till about five o'clock. And then I would go home and he'd put me to work and, you know, yell at me to do homework and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. Dude, that's nice. You'd have you rewind all the movies. That's pretty oh, nice. Actually, yeah. And what the best part of that was I got to rent anything I wanted for free, except oh. for the new releases. And my parents were okay with me renting like rated R. Yeah. So I could watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. And we went through every Kung Fu and oh. every horror film that that place had multiple times. Dude, the best. Dude, I love like. I loved as a kid, right? You would go like my dad. We had like over a thousand movies. My dad had like he was 
crazy about movie, right? Over we had a ton and ranging from everything, not a lot of horror, but like everything else, right? And like I remember, like you would get a movie that say like Rookie of the Year, right? Like Rookie of the Year, maybe you didn't see it originally, but a year later you're like, oh fuck, Rookie of the Year, all right, let's go. So you grab it, put it in, and then it has the previews that from a movie that had been out for fuck almost a year, like. I loved seeing, like, looking back, like, the previews were fucking awesome, oh, you yeah. know? Because you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot how great this movie was. Yeah, we're going to watch Braveheart after this. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? But, you know, or Richie Rich. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was, like, I miss that shit, dude. I miss it, man. Movie yeah. stores. I mean, yeah. if you could open up, how would you open them one up now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you could come in and be like, all right, stream it. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I had one of the last ones in Philly um, that, uh, funny enough, became my job later in life. I owned a video store, uh, too, as well as comic book store, um, in one in West Philly and one in South Philly. Yeah. Uh, the one in West Philly was Video Library. Okay. It was like an art house video store. Like what, what year was it? I bought it really in like 06. No. Ooh, so you were right on the edge there. Oh uh, five, maybe or a little. So ahead. Net Netflix was right on the climb. So you were uh, right before the streaming, which yeah, really fucked you. Um, until well, the final one closed. I guess probably 2015 or 2017, something like that. I sold the comic book side to two guys, and it was around for a long time. But uh, I guess we had it with videos and everything for about five years, and then yeah, it was um. That's that, man. Which sucks because we went from making a shit ton of money, right? Like Saturday nights, your receipts would be like ten, fifteen thousand dollars. I was like, I'm rich, bitch. Like this was yeah. great. And then uh all of a sudden, it, I'll never forget it. It was the Super Bowl of 08. And I was watching it. Right burn like that Super Bowl. And we were watching it, and I was like, Hulu. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we were in uh do you guys know do you still live in Philly, you guys? Yeah. So do you know where Naval Square is? Yeah. Yeah. So we had, you know, the big house in Naval Square, the big front house that's um, it's got all the balconies in the front. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. We had a penthouse there. So we had a balcony apartment on the third floor. Um, it was just a one bedroom. It had, you know, we had a steam bath in there. We had education. It was awesome. It was fantastic. Oh. Private parking. It was great. And then within like a few years of that we had lost i had sold even my car to keep the stores going i was like it was just gone like, oh bro and i made mistakes i hired bad people you know i was a young yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. i trusted kids who i thought were you know better than they were and yeah that's a bummer though man dude what how like would you go to a place where you could walk into a store and like instead of having the movies they would have like where you could stream it right and you could like you but like the other thing it reminded you like you could because you could walk up and down the aisle of like different different genres in alphabetical order and you could be like whoa whoa what's that and then you look on the description like what if you could go to some place with your phone and then hit a qr code and it's like i don't know i mean maybe yeah, that could work I think, like i bet you anything in the future there will be stores of nostalgia right like yeah straight up you're paying almost like an amusement park, but not like you're paying to have that nostalgic feeling. Like yeah. at some point the video arcade will make a return, right? Like people yeah. will be like, fuck it. I want to challenge people, like see them. Yeah. Or yeah. what do you think will happen? Do you think there'll be like digital mining? Like people will be like, Oh, this Facebook account from 
2002, I've discovered Burn Podcasts Facebook account, and is it- like you know what I mean, like a, a 200 right. years from now when Burn's way gone, like that's instead of like you know archaeologists we have internet archaeologists and they'll find like old facebook accounts and shit like oh wow i didn't even think of that but you're right it'd be like i found this fossil it's a picture of burn podcasty dressed as one of the guys from the wet bandits well no well no but it is interesting to be like you 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 want to go back and restore research someone like historically and now like yeah if someone on this podcast ends up doing something great or something horrific that goes down in like in world history we're already doing that in a couple hundred years you'll be able to look back and be like oh man we could start seeing like the shit that guy was talking when he was like 17 like not the stuff that got published just like his general day-to-day thoughts on myspace or facebook or twitter or here's what he was and like then you you know then you you piece together the history of like you know the guy who i don't know releases the disease or you know cures it Dude, either I, way like did you ever get like the the message from facebook where it's like you posted this 12 years ago would you like to you know yeah, what yeah. i mean god i had one the other day it said something like uh i don't know god Aaron Andrews is a yes or something like that. Or Andrea, fuck, who's the bitch that uh, does the football, uh, NFL? Andrea, Andrea Kramer? Andrea Kramer. I was like, Andrea Kramer's a yes. And I was like, I don't know why I posted that on Facebook so 12 years ago, but it did. Everyone was dying to know if 25-year-old Matt Lavelle would bang Andrea Kramer. I think he did I mean, a, I think he did the a world yes. service. Rachel Nichols is a yes. Rachel Nichols is a yes. Dude, I don't know what it is, but I've been like, I don't I guess it's in my feed on Instagram, but I get a ton of Latino weather women and (laughs) woo, baby. And I'm not complaining about it. Yeah, and they get a follow from the Working Perspectives podcast every time. Forecast for today, muy caliente. If you open up my Instagram like search thing where it'll make suggestions, Mine will be like food places and redheaded girls. <laughs> how does Instagram know? Like, how does it know that I like redheaded girls and and yeah. food? But mine, and take out food. Mine's all ethnic big ass. If you look at my search, <laughs> mine's all goth chicks. <laughs> really? Love them, yeah. Really? How I, that? That. I, mean, I just met you, but you know, still, just by looking at you, I didn't... is your girl goth or former no. goth? No. I don't. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a taboo, you know. Yeah, it's not yeah. it's not a thing I would ever actually participate in. Right. right. Maybe given the opportunity once, you might experiment. I just want to pull in a septum ring, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep it moving. So, you imagine yourself. Sorry, I'm d- dressed as a vampire, like going to. One I'm not going to dress like that. I'm going to dress the way I dress, and they're going to dress with their blue hair and yeah. <laughs> All of talk about, I mean, low, low self-esteem and daddy issues, like, that is your bread and your butter, baby. <laughs> that is the place you go, goth chicks. Yeah. So, okay, let's keep it moving. So, you left New York uh, when you were 14, and you moved to the illustrious Audmore, Pennsylvania. Audmore. You, were there, you were there for three, yeah, you went from Jewish and Italian to Jewish and Jewish. And <laughs> and uh, so you moved down to Ardmore on the main line and you were in Ardmore for like three years and then you got sent away to Juvie for two years. So are you cool to elaborate on that? And how was Juvie? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I got in a little bit of trouble at high school um, okay. and that ended up uh, getting me arrested. Um, okay. and my parents were not happy. And sure. so... Um, 
I had to do something to pay for what I did. And the judge gave my parents the option of this school out in Oregon, mm-hmm. um, which was not a good place to go to. Uh, it has subsequently been shut down um, for abuse. Uh, they say the dark ages of that place, and I've watched the interview, was from 88 to about 98, 99. I, of course, went there from 92 to 95. So um, <laughs> you were in the heart of the dark ages. In the heart of the dark ages. Um, and you know, later in that place's existence, when the internet came out, um, I think the things they were doing got a lot harder to hide, right? When we yeah. communicate with each other and tell you, but uh, wow. at the time, um, you know, there was nothing, you know, they monitored everything. Like if you made a phone call, there was something standing right next to you. Well, a phone call, even at home was a privilege. Mm-hmm. And if you got that privilege, someone stood next to you with their hand ready to hang up the phone. If you said anything, really, I'm not happy. Click. Wow. Like they're hurting me. Bam. Right. And, that's and then, a- and then you're getting boom. Oh yeah, yeah. That you would be in big trouble for that. Was there any like uh sleeper scenarios going on? Uh, yeah. I mean, there was some staff members that you knew to stay away from. Um, for sure. Yeah. There were people that like, if they invited you to their cabin for tea, you might want to run the other way. Um, what? It, uh, you know, it, it was not, uh, yeah, yeah, there was, there was that sort of stuff. There Dude, was a couple of them. Girls, there were girls there too. And they, the, there were guy counselors who were just not, we recently, a bunch of us got together and we were joking about that. Not for the most part, I think like there were people there who were there for the good, right. Re, you know, or, they thought they were there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, they were trying to help kids. Yeah. Um, but there were people who were not there for that reason, for sure, who were just yeah. evil bastard fuckers, you know. Um, yeah, and so I was there, you know, uh, for a little longer than I probably should have been because I kept escaping. Um, and, um, How would you to? escape? Um, three times. Uh, the first time I just walked right off. No one Like walked off the property? Yeah, no one, I was like, no one paid attention. I had just gotten there. Some, I, it was like a weird. What was the game plan? You were just like. Prineville, and Prineville was the next town over. And to call my girlfriend at the time, this girl Jen, and ask her to Western Union me enough money for a bus ticket. Um, when I called her, she was sleeping because it was, you know, three hours later, East Coast time and all that. Um, and she's like, call me back when you get to the bus station. And I never made it to the bus station. So what they found you. Yeah. I mean, Prineville's not a big town. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I walking through it, uh, it didn't take very long. And you were wearing like the schools, like, or the, yeah, the uniform type. So, stuff. They, so they were like, all right, well, one of them got loose. Uh, call the fucking school. And so I went to the local juvenile detention facility there for a few days and I begged them to let me stay, but they wouldn't um, because that was so much better. Like, really? Yeah, well, there you're just watching TV, smoking cigarettes. All like, you, you know, it's not crazy group therapy. It's, it's not, it's not what I, you know, it's, it's a lot different. And it's going to make sex with you there. Yeah. And uh, then um, the second time I made it to Portland and I was gone for like a little over a week. What you planned like, uh, like, all right, I'm going to get here. I'm going to get on the bus. I'm going to go. Yeah. So I had no money, of course, but uh, I was hoping to get to Portland. I made it there. I was going to get a bus. How did you get to Portland? I hitchhiked and the first fucking guy who picked me up was like, I'm going to Portland. I was like, fuck yeah, let's go. (laughs) Um, 
So I got there. He prayed over me when he let me out. I went to Burnside Bridge, um, which is a skateboarding park. I ended up sleeping there. Um, and then two days later, I was fucking starving. So I called my mom and I was like, can you Western Union me money? And um, the, they hired these guys. They called them escorts, but they were like private investigators that would hunt you down. And this guy found me like a day or two later. You know, I went and got the Western Union and I, I he uh, went to Burnside Bridge and I had told everybody my name was John. Yeah. My name's Jonathan. And he was yeah. like, hey, Oliver. I was like, yeah. And uh, he's like, we can uh, the easy way or the hard way. And I'm like, what's that? And he's like, the easy way is you come with me. It's like an eight or 10 hour drive from Portland back to, you know, the Ochoco National Forest. What? Like, we can stop at a hotel, get pizza, I'll buy you beer, whatever you want. You know, you can smoke that joint, you got whatever you want to do. Or he's like, you run. I'll catch you. I'll hog tie you. I'll throw you in the back of the car and we'll do the whole drive today. And I was like, easy way, brother. Let's go. <laughs> so a hard bargain, old man. <laughs> I had, had fun too. Like I had, like I had, I had enjoyed life for a few days. I was happy about it. And yeah. then, um, and then the third time it, it really, I made it to Bend, which is a local town. I got caught within a few hours. And after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Like I got sent to this wilderness program called Seuss during that, which is like, if you were bad there, they sent you to a place that's worse where they didn't feed you and made you hike all day for like miles and miles. It was really bad, but I actually kind of liked it. I learned how to do like bow drill and like, you you didn't every fire you made you made yourself like out of bow drill or flint and steel um we had no sleeping bags we slept in like wool blankets out luckily i was there in the springtime but there are people who went during winter it's really cold and they'll make fires and put coals underneath the ground and sleep on the coals um wow but yeah, like I got out of there and I just said, you know what? I'm not fighting this fight anymore. Like this is, I, I, I give up. I surrender. And I said, uh, I'm just going to flow. I had a very good friend named Josh. Um, and he was like, listen, man, just stop swimming upstream. Like just fucking flow. They can't change what you think inside. Just think your own thoughts. And then the, there'll be a light at the end of the tunnel to get the fuck out. And it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Do your time and go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of people there after they've left that just are a mess. They're, well, they're dead. Like a good portion of them are like, you know, they just can't. Like the beatings and the abuse and like all yeah. of that, like tied into one. I think so. A lot of people just can't handle it. And I just decided, and there are a bunch of people I still talk to who also decided, look, I'm not going to let two years ruin the rest of my life. And I'm yeah. just going to accept that that happened and like, you know, what can you do? And like move on from it. Yeah. And I choose to remember a lot of the good times. There were some, I, I mean, I was in the fucking middle of the Oregon desert. Like we got to do rock climbing. So they were constantly looking for ways to keep us amused and not killing each other. So like, yeah. I got to do cool outdoor shit that you would never think to do. Like even too, it's like getting to fucking make bow drill fires and like, you know, Flint's like that. Where else are you going to do that type of shit? It sucked at the time, but it, it's cool to have done it. Can you explain what a bow drill fire is? Is that like the two pieces of wood and the, and the yeah. string? And it's like, yeah. A, like a, yeah. Okay. All right. Nice dude. That's fucking badass. Yeah. Damn. You learn how to do that. There was a guy I knew who could do hand drill, which is, 
two pieces of wood and he rubs it with a hand and he, he got it done. It was amazing. Wow. I could not do that. Well, fucking Jesus, man. You're not, you know, you're not, you know, you're, Crocodile chief, Dundee. Yeah. you're not chief long feather or anything. Golly. So yeah, you get hungry out there like really because all they feed you is rice and lentil beans that's it so in the morning you get like a handful of granola nothing in the afternoon unless we killed something like if we saw a rat or a snake or something like that and then at dinner time we had rice and lentil beans and if you're good you could earn bullion cube and you would put that in there to make it um so we were like hungry all the time I remember seeing cows because we're out in the desert of Idaho. And I was like, huh, I wonder, because they give you a knife, like that you get a knife. Yeah. on you Because <laughs> you're not escaping. And uh, I, me and my friends were like, I wonder if we could just like kill that cow. And butcher, and yeah. Fucking butcher it and eat that fucker. <laughs> and the like instructor with us was like, I don't even think about it. And he's like, he it was like, he could read our thoughts there. And we're like, what? And he's like, you don't see them, but there are guys out there. And you'll go towards their cow. Yeah. That's Fuck that. yeah. That like, that's, oh. To them, that's $20,000. And to Fuck you, yeah. it's a fucking steak. Yeah. So it's cattle rustling right there. That's cattle yeah. rustling. I would they love to do take that. Take kindly to that. I would fucking sure. love, I would love to be like, work on a ranch, like a, you know, cattle ranch. You know, I, used to, I mean, uh, they make it look cool in the movies. Go ahead, I used to wrangle the silver buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, did. He was a he was a cart boy, cart boy at the grocery store. store. Yeah, wrangling the old silver buffalo. So okay, right now <laughs> something's gonna happen, Oliver, and it's gonna change your life. Now it is time for the Jalen Dubs question segment. Jalen Dub is gonna have Jalen Dub. Justin Richardson is gonna have some questions for you, Oliver, and you can choose to answer. And I hope you choose to because they're gonna be great. And we love this segment. It's a new segment, Jalen Dub. Take it away. All right. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Would you rather be in a zombie apocalypse scenario or a lone survivor, like you're the last man on earth kind of thing? Ooh, good question. You want to wake up alone or wake up in the world in chaos? Alone. No zombies? And no, you're just going to be fucking your hand forever? Like, what the hell? I, I have a feeling that you have watched a lot of Last Man on Earth. Same. There's somebody out there. There's somebody out there, and who knows? Maybe it's, you know... No, uh, we're not ruining that show again by adding characters every goddamn season. Um, what was that blonde chick's name? Uh, she played Emma Frost. That chick. She's that, if uh, Maybe it's her. January Jones. January, January Jones? She was there? She's in, the, she's in that show? She is. God, January Jones, baby. So Dude. I'm waking up alone. Dude, January Jones, X-Men First Class. So good. Booyah! First class. Great, great job. Burn, what are you, Zambi or uh, Last Man on Earth? No, I'm the same, Bob. I'd rather go Last Man on Earth. I don't want to, like, I'd rather be lonely than have to kill things every single day that are trying to kill me. Like, I'd figure out something, I feel like, yeah. over enough time. Mm. There might be somebody, like I said, there's probably somebody there somewhere. And Dude, I got nothing you else could to end do. Up, so you, you could end up, like, five from the Umbrella Academy and fall in love with a man. Yeah, like, and just do drugs sure. forever. Yeah. I'm willing to take all those risks. I mean, I'm a zany I just don't guy. Want, I don't want to have to just be like murdering all the time. <laughs> Can you murder? It just seems exhausting. Well, what? I still have to fucking fight it. It's still right. trying to bite okay. my face. Like, okay. Yeah, you're not I'm taking a path of least resistance guy, Maddie. You know? I would really like if I am in, am in the zombie apocalypse, and I know guns are going to run out. I would like to be really good with a spear because I feel like katana. Katana too, but I mean, but the spear keep, gets you more distance, you know, get you, you can get a little further out with a spear and 
could sharpen the ends of it too. I've seen those movies. Yeah, like a double ender, like a sword. You know, yeah, I could. I mean, that. ideally, I'd like to have the Darth Maul lightsaber, but yeah, I mean, ideally, yes. ideally, yeah, ideally, in, in a perfect zombie apocalypse <laughs> world, we all have Darth Maul's lightsaber. Okay, uh, great first question, Jalen Dub. Go for the second. First of all, I, I, I just want a regular lightsaber for the record. I would delim myself so fucking fast with Darth oh, Maul. John. Oh, baby, I'm deliming with the. Uh, Reggie boy, the Darth Maul were just accelerating yeah. it so much faster. Yeah, agreed. Because I'd get nice. No way you turn it off and turn it back on in between forearms, and I'm not ready for that. Who is? It's it's still one of the things too. I never understand why they don't like. They still haven't answered this question of why don't Jedi's ever turn off their lightsaber and then turn it right back on. So instead of like don't, blocking don't a blow or striking a blow, know. you know, just let it go through. It's, it's and wild. Just turn yours back it's on wild. again and just get, get it right back on. It's a kill shot, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's anywho. Yeah. It'd be my first move. But uh, if you could have dinner with a dead person you never met, who did you pick? Shit, uh, dinner with a. It's basically eliminating like any of your family for sentimental reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've never yeah, met any of those queer bag answers. Yeah. like your your dad or something. Come on, go ahead, Joe. Go, go. Sorry, I actually met him. No, uh, I would um, if I could meet any. Same, I could say my dad. Uh, <laughs> she's a dead person i've never met has to be a dead person it well mm-hmm. yeah all right dead person you never met go ahead oliver all right that, that's a hard one shit i don't know um newt rockney i don't even know uh for some reason i if it's i can have dinner with this person anytime anywhere whenever for some reason linda ronstadt came into my i don't even know if she's dead she may be what? alive but lenny ronstadt <laughs> It, when she was at her peak, um, I wouldn't mind having dinner with her that night. Whoa, yeah, just getting baby. the rundown from her. Yeah, you yeah. get the happy ending. Hang out. Yeah, look, I mean that. I mean, burn scenario earlier had that to it. So yeah. I, I mean, if we're making our own rules, then yeah, I get you know I get to have dinner and uh, dinner and mm-hmm. with old Linda, uh, young Linda Ronstadt. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Came to mind, baby. Yeah, Linda Ronstadt for sure. Great shout, great shout, young Lenny Ronstadt. Uh, Benoit, who you uh, who you doing dinner time with, baby? Oh, um, wait, Linda Ronstadt was in an American Tale. Is she the sister? Huh. I don't know. When you said Linda Ronstadt, I was thinking, do you know who Linda Tripp is? The lady who was like Monica Lewinsky's like personal. That's who the fuck I thought you were talking about this whole time until right now. I just googled Linda Ronstadt. I was like. That's not the lady who helped Nan Kowinski. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Linda Tripp this whole time. Uh, I don't know that she helped Monica. Did she, did she tape Monica Lewinsky? And then yeah, record? I don't know. Like, what the fuck? That's I thought she I, helped her. I think until she right now, her that's up. who I thought Linda Ronstadt was. No, but she is alive, so I guess I broke that question. I'd still have dinner with her. That's fair enough. If you look at the album to the greatest hits with that button, yeah, and she's, and she certainly is not shy. So. Linda like, like that about Linda. Yeah, she seems like a great time. You kidding me? All right, break break out some of the boogie shuga and fucking do it up, baby. I got a couple quick boys just to run through fast. Who'd you rather fight? Hold on, hold on. Uh, Burn, who is your hold on? Burn, who you want dinner with? Hold on, yeah, Burn, who is your dinner? Oh, nice goddamn questions around here. Sorry, I'll Justin. go with I'll go with I'll go with Red Hour back. Nice, oh, Red Hour back. Jadov, who's yeah. yours? Um, I mean, Norm just died. I'd like to have dinner with Norm. Okay, Norm from Cheers. No, Norm McDonald. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm a fucking Norman idiot. Cheers is a lot. I believe Wendt, he is. I think his name is George yeah. Wentz. I believe. I believe. Yeah. He I'm. I'm going with John Wayne. That's who I'm having dinner with. All right. So sorry, Justin. I interrupted you. Please continue. Next question, please. 
Who'd you rather fight, Brian Gumble or Dan Rathers? Whoa. I got a bunch of these. I would fight Dan Rathers. You don't want to take a shot at Gumble? No, I just, you know, I've been hearing Dan Rathers' voice on Stern lately. They've been doing a uh, guy who's an impressionist of it. And uh, I want to hit him every time he does it. (laughs) (laughs) Why not go right to the source? Yep. Okay. Um, Bob Bob Costas or Skip Bayless? Oh, Skip Bayless. Uh, yeah, all right. I'll do Skip. Now, like, yep. Now, wait. Now, now, yep. Now, hold on. (laughs) Shannon Sharp on the show. Hey, Shannon. Mr. Rogers or Bob Ross? Whoa, Bob Ross. Fuck him. Knocking him the fuck out. Mr. Rogers, I don't think he was a World War II vet. I think that was defunct, but I still like to believe that he was. And plus, I think Bob Ross would be able to put up a fight i think i'd feel bad beating the shit out of mr rogers i would love if mr rogers would snap your fucking wrist that would be so great <laughs> this guy, stone cold killer fucking yeah, yeah. 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 But bob ross i'd knock that fucking fake fro right off his I think bob ross has some anger inside you just see it when he talks like he's just ready to snap yeah like I'll put that tree right up your ass, motherfucker. Like <laughs> <laughs> so on. Let's you're doing Dan Rather, you're doing uh Skip Bayless, you're doing John or Bob Ross. Okay, keep going. Cosby or OJ? Oh shit. Cosby wrestled for Temple, FYI. Uh I'd probably beat the shit out of Cosby just because while OJ is a murderer, that's all he did was murder once. I think. <laughs> uh, Cosby did a lot maybe, of good things maybe, in like maybe, 58 maybe twice. Maybe twice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, two people, but God's pointed twice. What well, one time, right? Like one. Yeah. Right. So uh, I don't know that he is. Whereas Bill Cosby's the worst serial rapist probably alive. Um, he's an awful human being, so I got to beat the fuck out of him. Jerry Jones or Nick Saban? Uh, Jerry Jones. I beat the shit out of Jerry Jones, too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Vince McMahon or Papa John guy? Oh, Papa John. Vinny Mac's whooping your ass. Um, yeah, and Vince McMahon would probably still whoop my ass. You're right. Yeah. Didn't you see him at Mania? He's still fucking yoked. Yeah. Even though he can't fucking move, but he's still... Dude, he's Vinny fucking Mac. Yeah. Vinny no. fuck Vincent Kennedy McMahon. And I want to see his fucking guy is like a fucking psycho ass. Nah, he's a total noodle in a cage. Like, nah, I'm not he's a weirdo. So that's right. one more. We got one more. Nope. That's it. Bonus. Right. If, if you have anyone you randomly, you'd like to fight as a celebrity, you can shout them out now. <laughs> Challenge. Uh, uh, yeah. Harvey Weinstein. I'll throw him in there too. I'd like Woody uh, Allen. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd love to fucking knock the fuck out of Woody Allen. He just sucked and annoys the fuck out of me, man. And he doesn't seem like he's a good guy. Yeah, didn't he fucking date a 12-year-old or something? Like, fuck off, Woody. To be fair, it was his stepdaughter. Oh, that makes it so much better. But without Woody Allen, you don't get any Woody. And, you know. No. That is true. You, listen you don't to get the, uh, fantastic. Um, I, I remember like pulling into school, like 16 years old and just spending a whole week just being like, what was the line? Like Sonny has rice and sex for breakfast, I believe was the, the initial, like just crushing of Woody Allen on the Stern show. But yeah, that had a nice, yeah, with no, with no Woody Allen, you miss out on a lot, like a couple good years of Stern, uh, of Stern work. It's weird to fuck your stepdaughter and it's weird to marry her many years later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yep. Um, Deal. We can all, all of us, all here. co sign. There's solidarity. I'm out of fucking your stepdaughter, I don't think. Unless it's in one of those pornos that's out all the time now, you know, but I mean, not that I, I mean, want. Those, those are the best because it's like, it's a stepson, 
And then it's his stepmom who's like six years older than him that married his dad like a year ago and the dad's never home and his wiener doesn't work and and she's got no gag reflex. Rena Scott is all I got to say. Rena fucking Scott. More and more specific. Rena fucking Scott. 37th page on Pornhub. We're really, really narrowing down here. Eighth video down, 37th page. The steps up to 30 and he's like, Somehow never dated a girl, and the stepmom's like, "I know. Let me teach you how tonight. Tonight's not. Look, your girlfriend's really cute. You want to, you want to be able to take care of her, don't you? Let me show you how you're gonna do it. Rena fucking Sky is all I gotta say. Check her out. Thank me fucking later. Rena fucking Sky. Next up, fan of the show. Listen to the show. Fan of fan of the show. Uh, Oh, why? Okay, so before we get back into it. Uh, didn't we? I wanted to shout out your uh, your your wife, Oliver. Yeah. She has an album coming out soon. Is that right? Uh, yeah, she just put it out. It's called Mercury and Retrograde. It's uh, awesome. Spotify's titles, YouTube's, you name it, it's out there. We'll uh, have links in the description for it. And what's her artist name? Kate Asiren, same as uh, my last name, obviously. Kate Asiren. Ask Iran. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Ask Iran. And I'm telling you, uh, she just opened for Langhorn Slim, which uh, was a big deal. Very deal. nice. In York, right before he was in uh, Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Yeah, he sure and, was. Um, she opened up for a guy named Cousin Curtis at 118 in Wayne a week or so ago, who was really, really good. Um, but uh, yeah, she's starting up. You know, play on XPN and stuff like that. Um, you get more airtime, so please check. Dude, out. no, awesome, yeah. And we'll have links in the description and for everywhere to check her out, dude. Kata Siren, super awesome stuff, man. Awesome. And then also you have uh, an actress that you're working with that we want to shout out as well. I do. My daughter's an actress uh, at Love the it. theater, um, so check out any of their performances she does there. And then I'm also making a movie. Uh, Burn. I'm making another one. Um, I know you told me you and Sandra, right? Yeah, it's uh, called Chatbot. I wrote it with uh, my friend Sandra Wade and another guy named Joe. It's a short. Um, Sandra Wade is one of the, uh, well, I don't know, I guess maybe I shouldn't give her up. (laughs) She's one of the great uh, models out there, fetish model, but she's putting out um, a movie with me and him and uh, this guy Joe's directing it and uh, we'll start principal at the end of June. Dude, uh, fucking shoot awesome. What's so, up? Where's like, the, where, you, where are you based out of now? Where do you shoot at? I'm in Philly. So we're going to shoot it all out here in Philly. Um, in Drexel Hill, probably. Dude, I would love it if Philly became like the London or the Atlanta where they shoot big uh, fucking movies at. You know what I mean? Me too. A movie? You need extras? Y'all I'll be in a movie? Yeah, you guys are Philly, right? Yeah. Guys? Yeah, I'll text you for sure. Be Hell yeah. I play a great uh uh de- detective with like a cool indiana jones hat or like uh anybody who <laughs> needs a bull whip yes we need an uh, indiana jones looking detective in this movie. Um, looking for an indiana jones type anybody <laughs> so uh, yeah it's gonna be awesome i'm excited for it nice so i kind of want to get into that so after you got done you in oregon you came back you kind of are picking yourself up. You would graduate school and everything like that. You would go to Cabrini College and Full Sail University, where for people who don't know, that's where NXT is filmed. Um, and then 
you know, you're, you would kind of like, you would bounce around a bunch of different jobs doing, you know, bartending, working at a pizza shop, owning the comic book store, like you said. But one of the things I really wanted to talk about is like the movie industry as a whole. So you've done a lot. You've had, you're, you're on IMDb, which is fucking crazy. Right. Right. That's fucking making it. You're on IMDb, but you're in, like, you've made movies to me. That's like, it's crazy how like like everyone watches them, everyone sees them, everyone's dreamed of doing that. I think right, everyone's dreamed of making a movie or being whatever, right? Like it's a common thing, but you've done it, and it's a process that's so interesting. It takes so much. So can you kind of like go through it with us, like start to finish? Like you get an idea, you write a script, then like how like can you just give us the whole rundown? Sure. Uh, yeah. So my first movie I made with a guy named Les Norris. Um, he was in a pretty big band called Against All Authority in uh, no Radio Baghdad uh, in um, the Florida Orlando area. But um, that process was different than the second time I wrote, directed, uh, and produced the second one myself. Um, and I'll say from idea, which I had while I was at Full Sail, to production was probably about three years four years just writing the script rewriting it putting it down picking it back up writing it again then i brought it to a guy named brian majeska and we wrote the final version together um and uh it was good i i found once i brought him in ideas he brought fresh ideas a new look at it you know i had been so close to it for so long and he started making notes and saying why don't we add these things why don't we change this and it just started flowing better. And, you know, uh, the story started coming together. We probably spent seven or eight months working. Uh, we were both projectionists at um, the Bryn Mawr Film Institute in Bryn Mawr, Pennsylvania. I was the first manager and projectionist there. And uh, nice. Brian was the regional director of the chain of movies, which of the chain, it was only three. So um, he would come and hang out with me and we would, you know, string up films. And then once you were done doing that, unless you had to build them for the next um, movie coming in, which was a Thursday night thing, we had all this time. So we would sit there and write the script together and just work and talk, bounce ideas off each other. It was great. Um then, you know, principal photography happened pretty quick after that. Now, this is in the early 2000s. So we had so, a- wait, hold on. So you did the script and everything, right? And then what? So it goes script to principal photography? Yeah, for us. Well, we had to hire a bunch of people after that. I mean, we had to hire a director of photography we had to raise money. Um, so we went around to every person we knew, friends, family, my mom invested, her friend did, but, you know, but truth be told we even though i imdb says we had seventy five thousand dollar budget um start to finish i shot the whole thing for under 15 grand um, nice so yeah we had huge locations too so we had woody's the nightclub um was one of the no, locations and i was pretty dead set on getting woody um so the guy who owned it at that time was a guy named bill wood and i went in there just randomly i was like fuck it i'm just gonna walk in on a Tuesday afternoon I'm gonna say can I talk to Bill Wood so I walked in and uh I asked a um a transgender uh bartender um if she knew Bill Wood and she was like yeah I'll take you to him he's in and I pitched him what I wanted to do I was like look I have no money but um you know we'll we'll buy food off you but you're closed from you know two thirty, three o'clock in the morning till about noon the next day and if I could just have the place for free from those days for a week during those time, 
I'll buy food from you every day, you know, a hundred or hundred fifty dollars worth and whatever. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you can use it. I'll let you do that. Fine. And did he make you buy the food or you just did that anyway? One day we did. We only bought it a couple of times, but he was really cool. And so that bartender, her name was June and she was in a pretty big Philly band. Um, Forget their name now. But anyway. Uh, we left and she was like, Bill, you have to stick to this. Cause I guess he was at, like, we left and he was like, no, nah, fuck that. And we ended up giving her a part in the movie. Um, and uh, she's the bartender in ladies. Uh, nice. But we had a bunch of big locations like Philadelphia Zoo. We gorilla that shit. Like, I was just like, fuck it. You know, we're going to go in. Um, we shot at Jolly's Piano Bar. We. Wait, wait, how did you, what do you, like, you just show up and you're like, all right, yeah. get the camera out. Let's go. Yeah. We walked in and we had the camera and they're like, what is this? I'm like, it's a video cam. You know, we're here to just, you know, shoot. Shooting a family film. Yeah. Shooting family stuff. Yeah. And I just put them where the actors where I wanted them to go and we shot the scene. Yeah. Um, Used a bunch of restaurants, uh, a lot of locations in Philly. So just, you know, and what we would do is I would have guys stand on either end of the street when we were shooting and just block it. And uh, we got really good at being assholes, you know, until the cops showed up and then we'd run off. But uh, what? Yeah. So, all right. So hold on. Okay. Script, you're right. Then you start to hire people. Why do you need a principal photographer and a director of photography? What is so, that? Uh, we, just a director of photography. So you want a guy who can light your movie. I'm I, I feel I'm a decent director. Like I can see my shots and the vision I want to do with it. Um, but, you know, someone needs to light that correctly so the actors look right. Um, you know, if we were in a nightclub, you wouldn't want it to be looking like a bright sunlight outside. You want it to look like a nightclub, you know, dark and dingy and all that. So wait, wait, wait. So the director of photography is responsible for lighting the sets and lighting the scene? Yes. Oh, so they're not taking pictures they're setting up the lights and shit why are they okay i mean i guess it has to do with photography i don't know why they call it i mean the, okay. you can call them a dp too um if you wanted to but uh <laughs> dp huh <laughs> Rena's yeah. guy again <laughs> no, but uh yeah we uh we hired that guy a sound guy is obviously very important yeah yeah so, um we had a, a really good sound guy um although we kept switching them because they'd get hired for a big production and we didn't pay much so they'd be like, oh, use my friend. He's not working right now. We had, we had like four throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> and like, they, they do they bring their own equipment or yeah. do you have to supply the, they bring their they, own? They bring their own stuff. That's part of it. You rent a whole. So they have like the boom yeah. and like the whole gimmick and yeah. they just record everything you say and give you the recording? Yep, right onto a dat. Um, and that's how that works. And then wow. uh, the big part is um, principal photography is fun, dude. Shooting a movie is fun, like you would imagine. Yeah, yeah. People are making jokes, and it's crazy, but also a lot of fun. Um, it's post production that's slow and tedious. So when you're done shooting the movie, you got to edit it. Yeah. When you shoot it on a Canon XL2, which is what we used in uh, 2006 to shoot it, which at that time was a, a digital video camera that shot 34 frames a second okay. which is the frame rate of a film camera so it looked sort of close they shot 28 days later on and um but you have to get that all color correct so we had to you edit it and then it, all the scenes have to match the colors have to match so yeah. we color corrected and all that costs a lot of money and it takes time um, how do you color correct i mean like like you bring it to a guy and uh in my case um 
I was really lucky. I had a guy who said he would do it. His name's Rob Julio. He's uh, in bands in Philly. He was working for a company at the time that he was about to leave. And he said, give me $1,000 and I will do it from 6 p.m. till like one o'clock in the morning for the next couple of weeks. And that's what he did. Um, wow. Yep. Listen, a lot of luck, man. Like a lot of luck came into making and then distributing. So, okay. So screenplay, you hire people, right? Then you shoot it, right? And you need the, the DPs there to get the lighting. You got yep. the sound guy with the mic. You got a cameraman with the camera, right? And you're sitting back like, I want this. I want this. I want this. Action. The actors say their gimmick, right? After you get all that done, the actors are done. Unless, like, you did you ever have to have them come back and redo shit? Yeah, so we had to do some ADR. Um, there's, like, uh, you know, no matter what you do, there's going to be sound takes that don't sound takes that just don't sound right and um you know ambient noise we were an indie film so you know we're gonna have cars and horns honking airplanes whatever you don't want yeah and so we would bring the actors back in and they would re-record their dialogue um, okay so they would just it would just be the audio they're re-recording not the okay. video stuff oh i see okay and that's called adr yep so they'll match the audio as they talk to them you know um, yeah it's it's fun to do you know yeah. um you see it and uh i would fuck with people so like i would do their voices and stuff like that just mess around but uh yeah it's um uh, we had to do a lot of that because we just didn't have the budget to shut down philadelphia like i wanted to and you had to you had like makeup artists and stuff like that we did that also was expensive because uh one of our characters got a black eye i'll never write anything like that in a script again <laughs> have it for the rest of the movie um so you had to give him, they had the makeup had to be at every scene, every shoot. And he was, wow. and how do you set up like a shoot? So you're like, you, do you have like storyboards or what, what's it? Yeah, we storyboarded everything out and the way, uh, you know, the, the smartest way, obviously it's why everybody does it this way is if you're shooting, let's say you have 10 scenes in an office, right? Your character goes to the office on day one, day seven, day 10 you know, of the script, right? Let's say the script takes place over a month. You're obviously not going to shoot the script chronologically. You're going to shoot everything in the office that day. So we would change wardrobes. Sometimes he'd have to have a black eye. Sometimes he wouldn't, depending on where we were. So wow. you try to do everything with the black eye all at the same time and everything without it. So you get the script, right? And you pick like, you, you see like, okay, there's five different locations in the script, right? So you know, like, okay, we have to set up five different locations to shoot. We need five different places. We'll need five different days. And we'll need to do X amount of scenes at each location, right? Yep. And, and so what? You put, what's the storyboards are just like, you put up like what you're shooting on a thing? Yeah, they look like little comic books. Like uh, we draw the characters in and what they're doing. You know, ours weren't all that fancy. It was stick figures and, you yeah. know. But, yeah, uh, it's know, more we, just like a guideline of like, okay, we're doing this, doing this, and doing yep. this, like a playbook almost. On your day, so every day we say to the actors, okay, we're shooting these scenes so they can be ready for what they're doing. You know, yeah. the, the wardrobe that you need to bring. This is the thing. You know, we would break it down. But this was a very do-it-yourself movie. Like everybody helped. All the actors helped. Um, all the if you were in the movie, you produced wardrobe. You did a lot of stuff. Like you, you wore many hats and almost everybody in that movie has gone on to do bigger and better things far beyond I could ever imagine. Um, 
Jeb, who played the character of Chainsaw. He was just in Mayor of Easttown. He was the guy who kidnapped the girls. Oh, he has shit. the gun in the yeah. Um, in as, the in the bar, right? Uh, yeah, he lives in that like abandoned area, and they're in the room in the back, and Mayor finds them. Or yeah, no. they're hitting the pipe and shit. Yeah, he shoots the partner and all that. Yeah, yeah. And so, then, uh, spoiler for anyone, but sorry, fucking, yeah. it's been out for fucking months. So yeah. fuck yeah, off. Yeah, fuck off. Um, yeah. Uh, Nick's gone on. He was the lead character. Keith. He's gone on to do a ton of movies in LA. You've seen him and stuff. Believe me, lots of horror films. Um, even the little guys in it. The guy who played this character, Chester, that I really like. Um, Griffin has gone on to do a ton of stuff. Um, you know, um, um, the girl who played Margaret was in Serendipity. Um, one of the girls in it who played Ursula or Helga. She's uh, one of the lead girls on QVC. You see her all the time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they've all gone on to do, you know, bigger and better things um, far beyond my sort of Kevin Smith knockoff movie. Um, <laughs> Still, dude, that's fucking awesome. So I guess when Kevin Smith shot clerks in black and white, it's because he didn't want to pay a guy to do the color matching or whatever it is. No, I think 16, he shot on film. So film, no matter what, is always going to be more expensive because you're shooting, you know, rolls at a time. TV. You're going through tape after tape. It's a lot cheaper to shoot on. Yeah. Um, just different, different format. He shot 16 millimeter. I shot on video. Um, but had I, I did shoot my first movie on 16 millimeter, um, and we made that for less than five thousand, and it was uh, sold to a tiny company out of Tempe, Arizona, called Brain Damage Films. But horror movie buffs like love <laughs> that movie, and I'll still yeah. get it. Um, it is, uh, it is illustriously has been named at times the worst movie ever made that is true people have uttered that the worst movie ever made which oliver wears with an absolute badge of pride i love it um and it has been called the worst movie uh there was an entire podcast actually dedicated to my movie and how bad it was um it was called nobody nightmares and they're still out they're still pretty big actually and they did an entire episode on gorno and how fucking awful it is um and uh I will tell you, I was uh, listening to it while I was getting my master's in education, and I was sitting in class. I should have been paying attention. I was on my iPad listening to this podcast, like dying laughing, because it is not good. The movie's not good. Like, <laughs> it's really bad. But uh, I mean, I love it. But, you know, there's a, a, it, it was two really stoned out guys going let's make the most fucked up thing we can like it'll be really controversial you know we'll have a a, a crazy sex but we'll do all sorts of, like it's it's fucked up it's really bad but for for clarity this is now this this is talking about oliver's first movie not yeah. the movie that he's just been talking about for the last 10 minutes uh, my second movie flogging margaret actually um warner brothers bought um and uh i have a movie poster behind me of it like it was uh that uh i kept saying to myself while we were making warner brothers is gonna buy this fucking movie like every day i would say it to myself i would think it morning noon at night warner brothers will buy this fucking movie it's gonna happen and they bought the fucking movie um now obviously there's a lot of work that went into that um I had to, uh, there's a big book called the Hollywood Distributors Guide. And um, in 2007, you know, the internet was there, but it wasn't what it is now, right? And yeah. um, I bought that book on eBay 
for like 250 bucks. I bought the years before because they're not supposed to technically sell. And it has every phone number, email address, and um, regular address of every distribution company in Hollywood. What they do, like, for example, it says, you know, what type of movies they buy, comedy, horror, how big they are, what their reach is, so on and so forth. And uh, I bought that book and I circled every, I went through all 400 pages circled every company that um, was interested in indie comedies. I then created, I bought as many film packages that people had sent out on eBay, like indie film packages that I could find. I bought clerks. I bought whatever one I could find on eBay. I bought like their distro package. Like this is what we're sending out our promo kit. And um, I then contacted people who made, if, if there was an indie comedy that came out in those last five years, I rented it, watched it, and contacted those people. And I was like, hey, you know, uh, watch my movie or just, you know, give me some advice. What, what, what can you tell me? How, how do you can this work? Um, but, and I contacted people who got bigger and bigger in the business as it went on too. But, um, you know, the, most of them were really cool about it and were like, here's, you know, we'll watch it. We'll tell you what we think and um, what, how you can, you know, take it to the next step. And we ended up sending it to this company called Lightyear, which was... Uh, uh, indie uh, and Warner Brothers independent side, like almost like Sony Searchlight. Okay. Uh, Warner Brothers called it Lightyear at the time. And okay. um, this guy, Arnie, calls me like I, I was, this is flip phone days, right? Like I have my yeah. flip phone, uh, Samsung there yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you're Nokia. Nokia, yeah. And I got the little the screen on the front of it. Yeah, you got a Motorola. And, uh, I was lucky. And uh, uh, I see this 212 number calling. We had had offers. TLA Video had offered to buy it. Um, uh, A smaller company out of California. Like we had had, you know, decent offers, a couple thousand years, you know, tens of thousands, you know, nothing big. But, you know, we were like, these are nice offers. And we were, we had a lawyer who was Justin Weinberg. um, And uh, he, we get this call, 212 number, uh, and it's Arnie from Lightyear. And he's like, hey, have you boys sold this film yet? And I said, no, but we have an offer from TLA. It just came in yesterday. He goes, don't sign it. Give me a couple of days. I'll get back to you. And so I, I'm like, holy shit, we sold this to Warner Brothers, right? And I just started dating my wife at the time. So she was had to put up with all this nonsense. And uh, um, we're sitting there and, you know, he called me on a Friday. So I'm like, all right, Saturday, Sunday, he's not going to call, right? He's not working. But Monday morning comes, fucking pumped. He's going to call today. It's going to be great. Monday morning comes, Monday night comes, he doesn't call. And I'm oh. like, like you're well, like, fuck maybe, me. Maybe like, you know, maybe just whatever. It's Tuesday. He's going to call tomorrow. And I went this whole week. Every morning I'd wake up. Every night I'd go to bed like, I should just take the fucking deal. I should just, but he said, wait. And my lawyer's like, come on, take TLA. Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. He wants to be I'm done with this. And then it's Friday, the next Friday. And it's the exact same time he had called the day before. And I look at my phone. And I go, if he doesn't call today at this time, he ain't calling. Yeah. Boom. The fucking phone rings. I, I was looking at it. I'm like, ah, fuck, you know. And like, <laughs> he answered, put it on speaker, and he makes the offer, and it was it was a good offer. Um, and you know, we came back with you know, a little more, and he gave it to us. Nothing big. We yeah. pretty much said yes, thank you. And uh, he uh, he it came out in very limited theaters and a few art house ones, and then he put it out in DVD. In 07, yeah. it was at my store, which was cool. And yeah. uh, I got to see my movie Rent and, you know, uh, 
sold thousands and thousands, thousands, you know, I give you go on Amazon or eBay right now. You can still buy a cheap shitty copy somewhere. Dude, but that's fucking, but that's like badass. You know what I mean? Like you're fuck. you've sold to a major studio. That's fucking crazy. It was crazy. It's crazy to think you had an idea, right? And you did a, a ton of research on it and a ton of, ton of work, right? And you had an idea and it's almost like a validation of your idea. Like, I know, like, like, cause you know, I, I, th- I guess like the first one, Gorham, right. Is that what it was? Gorno. Gorno. Gorno kind of, you know, maybe you took a little hit to the pride on that one, but that was also just like, you're, tr- you're fucking doing like all those people that shit on your stuff. They don't have the courage to do it themselves. You know what I mean? Cause it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of fortitude to make people to f- even accomplish that. So the fact that you accomplished it and now you did it again and you're able to sell it to a major studio, that's a major accomplishment, man. And it took a ton of work and drive to do that. And you should be very proud of that, dude. That's fucking awesome. I'll tell you the most proud. Thank you. Uh, the most proud I ever was with it. There's two um, moments. The first is the first time I saw the Warner Brothers shield. Like they sell, they send you like when Warner Brothers buys your movie, they send you like a packet and they go, this is what we need from you. Right. So for us to distribute it, we need this, 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 and this done. And you're going to pay for it, but we'll front you the money to pay for it from your own money that we're going to give you. So like, right. So there, let's say they, I'm going to throw out a number. Let's say they had offered me a hundred thousand dollars. Right. They said, all right, we're going to give you a hundred thousand, but we need, you know, uh, an audio with an M&E track only that's music and effects, no dialogue, no nothing. Right. We need this. We need that. And we're going to send you this list and we estimate it'll cost 20,000. Get some quotes and see if we're about right. And then they'll send you a check and you went and did that. And that's now taken off your end. Yeah. Um, but we also had foreign distribution. So we were in China, Germany, Spain, uh, Japan. I have like versions of it and all of them. Like I have. And did you have to pay for the voice actors to do that? Or did that come out of like, that was part of like, hey, we're taking this out of your pay to get this. So that's why you give them the music and effects version. So when you sell to, um, for example, Spain is very difficult. Germany is very difficult. When you sell to them, your distribution company asks you for a, a copy of it that just has the soundtrack and the effects of like burn walking. Right. So that that's it. It's just a, a straight track of music. No dialogue, no nothing. So when you see the characters talk, they can put any words they want in there. So you, I've heard it, you know, where my characters are in like Chinese or like Greek, and uh, which is really fucking bizarre. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's cool. fun though, right? Like, do you know who the the like the actors are? You don't have a choice. Like they're just like, look, we needed this guy. He speaks this. Fucking do it. No, man, we got we got really lucky. We went with a company called Inferno. Um, they picked us up for foreign distribution. And they uh, there's like a, a film market every year in L.A. And Inferno was lucky enough to get a table on the same floor as the big guys in the hotel. So if someone was coming to walk by HBO to buy foreign film, you know, a, a movie in there, you know, from HBO in China, they had to walk past Inferno's table. So we ended up selling to all these markets. We made more money on the foreign distribution of the film than we ever did um, on the regular. On the domestic, yeah. yeah. The domestic, we didn't, you know, we made okay money, but like on the foreign distribution, you know, if you're getting some guys like, I'll give you 20,000, then another, you know, say China, 30,000, you know what I mean? You keep a couple of those checks isn't bad. 
dude, that's fucking badass, though. Now you know I own it again, dude. 11 years Warner Brothers owned it. It's all I had. They sent me. <laughs> One day I just get like a box from Inferno. And then it was like a couple weeks later from Warner Brothers Lightyear. And it was like hard drives from 2006, big digi beta tapes. I have it all now. It's uh, I have it all back, dude. That's cool though. Nice man. That's crazy too. Like everyone knows the movie. Like everybody watches movies and TV and all that stuff. But to get an actual insight of what the business is like, I fucking am so fascinated and interested in that shit. Justin, what about you? Very. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Like Always Sunny is like rec- probably started in a similar way, real small. They shot a pilot and you just, you have an idea, you make it alive and yeah. see all the scenes in Philly and shit. Like I'm, I want to watch that. Yeah. Vlogging yeah. Margaret. Yeah. 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 Please check it out. It's, uh, it's occasionally it's on Amazon to stream. Like I bought it for streaming. Um, it used to be on there all the time. Like back when uh, Warner had it, they first had streaming on there. It was on there all the time, but, um, and got many bad reviews. Um, but, uh, the, um, you you can definitely get a DVD version of it uh, on eBay or Amazon. I do honestly. I bet like I guarantee you know like uh, Scorsese or Spielberg like none of them said anything bad about your movie, and they're actual great directors. So anyone that does say something bad about it, if they don't have the chops or the credibility on any type of level, then you can go fucking suck hard on some chode. You know what I mean? I mean? You, like you you, you might want to. You might want to cut this, but Brian De Palma did call it an abortion. I'm just gonna say that's the only, but that's the only bad one on. Yeah. Who's Brian De Palma? Oh, uh, you know who Brian De Palma is. Francis oh. Ford Coppola said it was all right. <laughs> I, mean, I understood what Franny was talking about. <laughs> yeah, James Cameron loved it. Though. He thought it was great. Michael McBay said there was not enough special effects and it was gay. <laughs> Speaking of Rocky, do you know the, you know what the steady cam is? The the one on the the track, yeah, like the, so the one on the track. Down. It's a harness. You know the um, you know in Aliens, the guns the guys have on those harnesses that they use. It's actually a steady cam rig, and you put a camera on that. And Rocky was the first movie to use it for the jogging scene, so that yeah, when he was going up the stairs, right? Yeah, jogging through South. So Coast. oh, so they put. Like they they were on like a like a like a cart and had his camera on a motion thing. No, they were in the a van and he sat in the back of a van and Rocky just ran behind him and he held the camera. Um, and the wow. guy who invented that, he's the same guy. He's from Philly. He's the same guy who invented the cameras you see at football stadiums on the wires and stuff. Really. I had I used to date a girl whose brother worked with a guy who did those. Like he worked with a dude when he because he went to Nova and one of the in like the dude, I, I don't know, I guess he met up with him, but he's like a super smart kid that worked with this guy. But that's fucking nuts. That so wait, he in, he did the the steady cam yep. and he did the fucking the suit like the string cam above this wow. So the thing about a steady cam is too, is like um because we used to use one too. It's like you know, if, if it allows like a person to move with another moving person without it being like some, if I'm taking steps and I'm holding a camera, it's going to do this. So it's got like a, it's a, it's a harness. It's got a counterbalance on the bottom. So you can like, you can move with movement, like any of those um, 
you know, and, and it's it's so ubiquitous now, right? Like it's in everything. Television uses it. Yeah. All movies use it. Our, like it's our, crazy to our think video that. guy used it when he shot our stuff. Sure. It's now it's like Rainbow a road, which is available yeah. now on uh, YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. Sorry, Vern, go ahead. But no, it's just like it's something that's ubiquitous now. Like it, it's, it's just a tool that every single filmmaker uses. It's crazy to think, though, that the first time it ever happened was, you know, some guy sitting in the back of a, a van, just, just alone jogging just for days. Yeah. And I mean, that you, so they made these little ones, right? They were like steady cam minis. But, they, we, but the cameras back then were what, 40 fucking pounds, right? Like, oh, for sure. We got lucky. We got to use Garrett Browns and he actually came on our set for a day. Um, and we couldn't say he shot anything or didn't. I'm not confirming that in any way, but because uh, he's a union guy and whatever. But uh, he came on the set for the day and let us use his glide cam which he had invented and you'll notice that the scene where the two lead characters walk over a bridge in mania looks like it's shot by a fantastic steady cam operator um and god only knows who that would be but right i remember we had a different guy show up that day who was awesome yeah. some new kid not a non-union guy non-union guy. Yeah, yeah obviously yeah Dude. Um, um yeah. he was very cool and um but yeah. anyway yeah um we were really like that's a lot of luck dude and a lot of talking to people and saying hey give us a shot can i shoot in your bar can i do this and i'll tell you you'll surprise yourself when you start asking people about that stuff how many people want to help and want to just see their name scrolling on a movie credit so if you say hey i'll put you in the credits they're like fuck yeah you can use my shop or my did you ever did you ever hear the that story about rocky so um rocky the dog buckus in rocky that was rocky's actual dog right and when he was making the movie stallone he had to sell his dog for some money before like you know he could get some money and the dude he sold it to he was he sold to him for like 200 bucks or whatever right and then he goes to the guy he's like all right let me can i buy my dog back and the guy's like, uh, yeah, you can buy him back. 500 bucks. And someone's like, whoa, I sold him to you for 200. I'm not paying 500. He's like, well, you want the dog or not? And Stallone was like, okay, we're making this movie. How about I put you in the movie and I can get the dog back? And the dude was like, fine. And the character is the, is the janitor at Mickey's gym, Mike, the real short guy. <laughs> That's the dude that he sold the dog to, you know? And he had like it's a couple dealing, lines. Man. Dude, fuck it. I mean. He's, but think about it, that guy, like how many, like billions of people, billions of people have seen Rocky at this point, has seen this guy, you know, like billions. There's but like, dude, it's the Rocky franchise is worth like $7 billion, right? Yeah, think about that with Creed and everything on top of it. It's insane. Oh, and Creed just fucking re rejuvenated the whole series. Creed was so fucking good. I the first it. and the, the first one. I fucking like, I guess there, there's a tradition in Rocky where he starts every movie off with a fight in a fight scene. Yeah. Right. So they're in juvie and the kid's fighting and he gets thrown in the hole. Then Creed's wife comes. And when he says, well, what's my name? And then it goes dark and you just see Creed pop up. I was like, let's fucking do this. Right. You know, I was so fucking ready to go. But yeah, no, that movie fucking incredible movie in fucking incredible. The trailer for the new one looks badass. There's a third one. Yeah, or maybe I just saw skills, but yeah, there's a new one. No, coming there's out, a third right? one coming. Yeah, no, no, definitely. It's because he fight Mr. T's kid. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cover Lang. Cover Lang Jr. Positive oh man, as positive of as Maverick. Um, did you guys see that yet? Anybody? Not yet. Maverick. Maverick. The new Top Gun. 
Oh, was it good? I heard it's awesome. Yeah, I do too. I heard it's really, really Bruckheimer, good. right? Um, uh, yeah, no, November 23rd, Creed 3. Shit. Damn. All right, we'll have to fucking check it out. You know what I do love? HBO Max will put a movie that's released in theaters. We'll put it out on HBO Max right away. And I watched the new Harry Potter again. I'm gonna watch that when this ends. It was, it was, it was something. Yeah, I'm gonna finish. Stranger. It's fun. Oh, I just finished that this morning because I didn't have to, go to work today. Stranger Things. Things. I, I just, I've, I've never, I've never watched it. I watched done. like parts of season one, but I never finished it. So fun. it's. It's funny, man. Me and my wife, like, there's so few shows that we watch together and, like, have time to watch together. Stranger Things was one of them. And then we got about halfway through the first episode of season four. And she was like, I think I'm done with this. And I was like, yeah. She's like, just, it's, she's like, it's just too, I'm too anxious. She's like, I don't have any time to watch TV. I don't have, I can't afford to, like, be anxious when I'm trying to relax. And then I, so I think I, I watched the first three episodes and I was like, and she's not a big, like, horror, horror fan. And I was like, you made a good call. I don't think you like they're really leaning into the horror. I mean, you guys just fit, you guys are oh. about to finish it. I just started, but they're really leaning into that. Like, it's got a real nightmare on Elm Street, you know, like 80s horror slasher vibe. And I was like, that's not really your jam. So maybe you just knew. So now, but no, the good news is now I'm watching it solo. So I can, I can yeah. fly through like oh, at my, uh, at my you, pace, which will be great. Speaking of next. solo, burn, um, Obi Wan. Yeah. Obi Wan was good. I really liked Obi Wan. Oliver. Oliver called me Friday night, but I was at work. I couldn't answer. But I was like, oh, Oliver just finished watching Obi-Wan. Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. It is yeah. so fucking good. So you know, good. It, it has such a great cinematic feel to it. It felt yeah. like the 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 original trilogy. Like, I don't know. There was just, I don't know if it was the coloring or the light, but like, it just, it felt like that. Um, dude. Old that, school world. Yeah, dude, that scene with Rita and Joel Edrington in the town. Oh, so fucking good great so good and i and guess like, yeah you're like yeah. nervous about it but you're like well no he's gonna i mean we know he makes it but like do um, we well do we, i mean no, like i, yeah, I know I we i know right. we know he makes it but right. does he make it in one piece right like right. we never knew if any part of him was mechanical uncle owen owen that's very true that's very true i'm in the blue milk i love the guy that got to play uncle owen he's such a dick he's it's, so good it's the same oh guy. he's great he was dude yeah, I didn't know that either. He was because he was a no name in when the when the you know when Revenge of the Sith came out. But now he's fucking Joel Edgerton. He's been in a million fucking things. And he's great. But dude, yeah, nice. Okay, so let's keep it moving. Oliver, are you working on what's what are you working on currently? What do you got? Well, yeah, Sandra, myself, and Joe, we're gonna make Chatbot. Um, we'll shoot it in uh, the end of June, early July. It's a half an hour short, uh, sort of horror thriller um about um a woman who gets terrorized by a chatbot on her computer and it um she uncovers all sorts of crazy child sex rings going on some surprises some thrills um i act in it so i'm, I'm pulling out some acting chops and i'm one of the nice. lead characters nice. but i'm acting it so uh dude I would i be able to i don't want to be in it or whatever but could i come and watch it like watch you do it sure you can be in it i mean yeah if you, i mean if you wanted to make it a starring like you want to make it a big blockbuster hit then i'll be in it that, well but, that's what i was thinking you know um, <laughs> no i would just love to see the process but yeah well, dude whatever just let yeah. me know what the schedule is and i'll fucking i'll make it work because we're pretty busy over here at the working pattern yeah. all right we're workers are you guys Nova guys? I'm catching. I'm, I'm uh got expelled from two high schools, guys. So I went to Monco for like six days. 
How do you know this uh, Nova grad? I, I changed his life at Vinny, uh, Vinny T's of Boston, a.k.a. Vinny Testa's in Ardmore. Which Wait, that's where, where did you guys grow up? I grew up in the land of the free, the home of the brave, Lansdale, Pennsylvania. And Justin wow. is from some shithole called North Wales. Full of Philistines. I know those places. I know those places. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, nice. Doyle's town. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yep. You're Bucks County guys. Nah, uh, we're Montgomery County. Montgomery. But we're right next door to Bucks County. There you go. We're not Delaware County, and that's all that. Means. Listen, don't not Delco because that's where hey, I am. Hey, hey, Oliver, where do you live right now? Murder, dada. You yeah. murdered my dada. I'm in Havertown, proud. I bartend brew, guys. Where Have do you, you bartend? Brick and brew. Oh, nice. How far are you from Haggerty's? <laughs> I don't even know where Haggerty is. <laughs> you get fucking hamburgers at Haggerty's. Why are you so mediocre? Have you guys been to uh, Brick and Brew yet? I heard it's mediocre. No, it's I haven't been there. <laughs> get a good hoagie. Yeah, um, my guy. Thanks, my guy. Cocktails. When I first left healthcare and I text burned because we had worked together, I was like, my new job behind the bar and uh i knew you would be back one day too burn so yeah it didn't take gig. i'm counting the days so i'm back i know i'll be back there eventually my wife misses that money that i made i'll tell you that <laughs> but dude it's just too much dude it, it gets to be too much you can't it's tough working a day job and a night job you yeah. know what i mean like it fucks you it fucking fucks you it's the night job no matter what even when you set limits and go i'm only working wednesday and friday that's it all i'm doing well, i can you do this Saturday? Come on. Can't you do this? Hey, you'll make four or five. All right. I'll do this. It's tough Saturday. to say no. It's tough and to at say the time, no. It sounds like a good idea to do that Saturday. You're like, mm-hmm. Tuesday, Oliver thought that was a great idea. Saturday, Oliver, not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I did two jobs for a, quite a while, and I was like, you know what? I'm done. Did you guys ever have the thought of like going in, into a shift where you're like, God, I wish I could get a call saying someone had died so I can call out? You know, do you ever get that thought? Like, open my God, I don't want to work tonight. Can someone die? And I, can I used to. F- out? It was when we were at Vinny's. I used to fantasize because we had we had like mussels appetizers, and there were these huge plates of mussels. And I was like, if I just pretended to fall right now and threw all of these mussels in the air and just slow motion, like they rained down on me, like no one would ever suspect I did it on purpose. It would be so embarrassing. No one would ever suspect that I was tanking to get out of work. But that was always, I was like, if I want to have to go, I'm just going to do a, like a, a banana peel cartoon slip with the muscles and dude, just, who was just the, lay there. Who the was the dude? God, Moxon, maybe? He did it with a tiramisu. It was his last day. Okay. And he was like, all right, guys, I'm just going to do a fake fall and throw this fucking tiramisu up and see what goes down. And we were like, what? And he's like, yep. Watch me do it. And he did it like right in the middle of the restaurant. It was yeah. pretty fucking great. <laughs> so it was, it was a hero move for sure. He was a great dude. Big fan of him. Yeah, but he was yeah. a good dude. Yeah. Nice, man. Okay. So, dude, super, super excited for uh, the new chatbot to come out, man. Really, really good stuff. We're going to have links for everything you're on, all your socials, links for flogging Molly or flogging Margaret in the description. We're going to have a link for your wife and where you can listen to her stuff at really excited to get that out there a link for sandra wade uh where you can find her at and everything and dude man honestly oliver i was super fucking excited for this one burns told me a lot about you and you like when we had the pre-show i was like this guy's got a fucking story he's got a fucking story 
And I know Vern and Justin, they're usually, we're all usually on the same page, but we would love to have you back on if you'd be willing to come back on the show. Anytime, bro. That was awesome. Thank you for having me. I would come no. on anytime. Oh, thank you, man. So we're coming to the top of time. Uh, Oliver, is there anything you want to say to the ass I ran faithful before we get out of here? Keep that ass I ran in your head. Uh, and uh, what, yeah, let, seriously, keep it there because my wife listened to her music. It's really good. Kate Dude. ass I ran. Dude, fuck yeah, man. I'm definitely going to listen to it. I'm super excited. Hell yeah. And then, all right, well, very good. Thanks for that. And Jalen Derb, anything you want to say to the Dub Nation before we yeah. get out of here? Uh, Oliver, I have a notes section in my phone with a bunch of dumb script ideas. I don't know when you want to sit down together, but I got like three or four. I think we could just bang out. Can you I give us one? All my people, uh, you know, and we'll set something up a lunch. You're by. Yeah. I got yeah. a ton of good dumb ideas. Do you, do you, can you give us one of them, Justin? I have uh, one about, um, uh, I mean, it's a long, it's not long description. So uh, the story is based off one time my ex-girlfriend's dad, who was uh, in a suspicious business, called me for a job, but it was the wrong just, it was for painting a parking lot. But long story short, what if it was for a hit and he called the wrong guy and I was like, go meet this guy, go to this diner. And then you come back with the idea to your friends. You're like, I've been offered $20,000 to kill this man. You want to do it with me? And, and so begins the uh, joking comedy of three idiots trying to murder someone for money. Yeah, I love it. That's yeah, pretty I, strong, actually. Yeah, I like it. I have I more. Like it a lot. That's my quickest, <laughs> easiest one to describe. No, I like it a lot. I have a complex one about how two <clears throat> friends, one person's an actual functioning member of society and the other is a, a non-functioning member of society. And then when the world gets flipped upside down, their roles then change because obviously one person is now built to not sleep very often and doesn't have a routine life and they now become dependent upon it. It shows the contrast in which society once had people who stayed up late and uh, watched the campsite versus the people who worked during the day. That one needs some work, but the first yeah. one was solid. The first one was good. I like that. Uh, I like we'll both. work on this. But the second one, you know, like, give, it, give it a uh, do over, a little once over. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to need a rewrite. Nice. Burn, do you have any script? Yeah, Burn, you got any movies? No, I got nothing. Nothing to tank right now. Theatrically. Just chilling, man. Just chilling. I just, I just, you know, we're going to wait till like the kid starts crawling before we start thinking about anything, using brain power for anything else. It's just like, you know, we're just, we're surviving right now. We're just surviving. It. Burn's in the survival stage. We are, yeah. We're in the, we're there's a, I know how a, it is. There's bro. a tooth, there's a tooth happening. Like we're, it's, oh, nice. yeah, it's getting real. It's getting old toothy. That nice dude awesome uh great well cool and then burn anything you want to say to the benoit podcast a faithful no man just great uh great to catch up with oliver uh my former boss uh always uh always a pleasure and oliver call me tomorrow because I'm, I'm with the baby all day so we'll talk some obi-wan all right. Yeah, definitely. Nice. All right. Well, uh, once again, thank you to Oliver Siren, Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson, and the Bad Boy Burn Podcast. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by Jalen Dub, Justin Richardson, the Bad Boy Burn Podcast, and Oliver Siren. You can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can join us on the Twitter and the TikTok. At Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives.gmail.com and please like and subscribe so we can keep this party going. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stick around for the ad read. Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? 
Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, T is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.